Hey there, welcome to part two of this business building series, the why, what, and how of being a wildly successful coach. I'm Meg Rentschler, the host of the Star Coach Show, and I'm providing this bonus series with my friend Sue Shoning because we are both absolutely committed to helping coaches thrive, bring their work into the world, and get the obstacles out of the way that are keeping you from having the income and the impact that you really desire. So in part one, we dove into the why. Why is it critical to have an online presence? And what does that do for you as a business owner here in the 2020s? Now, in part two, we are going to challenge you to explore the what. What are some of the common problems that coaches are facing right now? What do we need to be thinking about regarding how we're engaging with our clients and what we're offering our clients? Are we stuck in a pattern that's not serving us? And do we need to begin to think creatively about all the different things that we can offer clients to extend their life with us as a client, as well as give them the kind of support, resources, and ability to reach the goals that are important to them? So today, with my guest, Sue Shoning, who is a coach herself. She has uh, been coaching and, and offering these services to both business owners, sports stars, many different people in her client base, as well as coaches. And where her work with coaches really began is when she began to partner with her husband, Franz, in Coach Automator. Coach Automator is an online client management system. It allows us to do some of the very things that we're talking about. So it was a no-brainer for me to partner with Sue for this series because she's got the technical that maybe is not my forte. To be able to think like a business owner while we're acting like a coach and have the ability to put things in place to do that. So in our discussion today, Sue and I are going to explore the what, your marketing mojo. And then we are going to invite you into the third part of our series, the how. We want you to not just understand the why and the what of being a successful wildly successful coach, but we actually want you to do it, which means that you need to understand the how. So at the end of this video, we're going to be inviting you to opt into our free webinar that's going to dive into the how and create a path forward so that this next year can be your best year ever. So let's dive into part two of this business building series, The What, Your Marketing Mojo with Sue Schoenig. Sue, welcome back to the Star Coach Show. I am so excited to continue our series. Meg, thank you. I had such a lot of fun last week and I'm really excited about 
what we're going to be speaking about today, because last week was really about the why you want to be online, but today we're going to dive into some of the what, and I think that's going to be an, an exciting conversation. I agree. We really want to be able to discover our marketing mojo as a coach and realizing that most of us who go into to coaching don't necessarily go in for the marketing aspect. As a matter of fact, we often hear from coaches, I hate the mark. Can I just coach? Can I just coach? Well, we want people to coach. We want to be able to have full calendars to be able to do what it is that we love to do. And through that, we've got zero into the business side of the business. And that's what our conversation is going to be about today. So with that, what do we need to be thinking about? The thing that I think we we all need to recognize is coaches, their own best kept secret. They are experts in stealth marketing. And what you've just said about coaches that I just want to coach I feel uncomfortable with selling or I feel uncomfortable with marketing. Coaches really don't like having these marketing conversations and these selling conversations. And because they don't enjoy it, most of the time you're going to hear, I got into this business because I enjoy the work that I do with a client. I enjoy helping people. That's where I want to focus. But you're so right. In order for them to do that work, we need to get them out from underneath the radar and start telling people about what it is that they do so that people can find them and buy them. It's as simple as that. We've got to let people know what it is that we do. And so what we thought we would really need to zero in on today is how do you think as an entrepreneur, or many times it's a solopreneur, but what do we need to be thinking about? And we want to start with some common problems. So what are some of the common problems that maybe we have inadvertently sunk into as coaches that just in just evoking awareness about that might begin to change the way that we engage with it? So I think There are a few of those problems, and one of them is that coaches are taught how to coach, and they're very good at what they do as coaches, and they do phenomenal work. I I take my hat off. I've seen some amazing, amazing coaches and the work that they do, but they have to actually act like a coach, and they really need to make that switch to start thinking like a business person. Because the minute you launch yourself as a coach out on the open market, whether you're doing executive coaching or life coaching or wherever you're positioning yourself, you've got to think that, yes, you're a coach. That is what you do. But you are running a business and you need to put on your business hat. Now, for a lot of coaches, it's quite difficult because their chief cook and bottle washer, you know, so they've got to be all things to all people, which means that they've got to know how to market themselves. They've got to know how to have sales conversations. They've got to know how to generate marketing leads or sales leads. They've got to be able to write decent copy so that they can 
put together landing pages and sales pages and emails and all of this. Let's not forget the tax man. You've got to know how to do your taxes at the end of the year. How do you invoice out for your people? How do you create products? All of these things, the other aspect, it's not just the the coaching that we're doing with the client, which might be top-notch. Where we fall down is everything else that we might not necessarily be focusing on or we might not necessarily know what to do. There are a lot of coaches who come out of corporate who've been in a corporate setting where there's just like departments that take care right, of Right, right. Like send that to billing, send that to, to uh, accounts receivable, whatever. Yeah. So to actually get into that mindset of the business processes of what I need to take care of and then the marketing plans of what I need to put in. And now you tell me I've got to have sales conversations on top of this. It's no wonder that it becomes an intimidating space for a lot of coaches. You know, so I think these are common problems and to to reassure ourselves that it's not it's not just you that might be struggling. It's a common problem for most coaches. Why? Because coaches coach. They don't necessarily have that business skill behind them. But here's the good news is it can be learned and it can be developed and it can be created. So it's not something if you don't have it, you're never going to have it. Right. And there are systems in place and there are products available that help us be able to navigate those kinds of waters that might feel intimidating. To Sue's point, we get that you might be intimidated. What we definitely hope and and want to challenge you is that it doesn't stop you in your tracks. Because what I have seen and what breaks my heart is when coaches get so caught up in the swirl of, I don't know how to do the business of the business. So I'm just not going to, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go back to a nine to five job. And there's nothing, if that's what that works for you, that's fine. There's no judgment here. But if your desire is to be able to thrive in this entrepreneurial space, Sue and I want to help give you some tools to do that. So what I'm about to talk about is that whole con, let's give them a tip on this, this mindset shift about you contract with somebody for six months and it's sort of a, yeah. so that's, that's where, so, um, so that's where I was sort of leading with this. So, so Sue, one of the things that we talked about is that as, as coaches, we might need to shift our mindset a little bit about the way we engage with clients. What are your thoughts about that? So that is a really important point. Most coaches, what they are taught is they're taught to engage with a client for a three or a six month journey where you work through a series of objectives and you get to a certain goal. And then at the end of that, the coaching contract is finished and it's bye-bye client. Now, here's the problem with that, is that you as a business owner now have to go out and you have to find new clients, and you're always in this cycle of trying to find a client, converting a client, spending three to six months with them, end of contract, and starting all over again. And it is a never-ending journey because it it breeds a lot of 
desperation, fear, and I'm coming to the end of the contract, and now what? And for those of you who've been in that space, you know it is such an uncomfortable place to be in. Knowing that you've got contracts that are coming up, you have nothing in your pipeline, and you're going to have to go out there and try and find new clients. We need to shift from that perspective to how can I keep this client in my ecosystem? So this coaching journey might have come to the end, but that doesn't mean I say goodbye to the client. It is what else can we do together? How else can we grow together? What, Where is this journey going to take us together? And we want to make that shift from contract-based coaching to building the relationship. Because once that once you've got that relationship, here's the reality of it. It takes a lot of time and energy, effort, blood, sweat, and tears, sleepless nights, money sometimes to for every new client that you've got. And the conversion, you've got to think, trying to find a new client and then converting them to doing work with you, those statistics are quite low. Now imagine you've got a client who's gone through a coaching journey. They've had a tremendous experience with you. It's been a wonderful journey. Now at the end of that coaching journey, when you turn around and say, this was just a fabulous experience with you, I'd like to work with you in this area or this area, they know you, they like you, they trust you, they've had a good experience with you, they are 50% more likely to buy whatever it is you put in front of them. And that is the power of the ecosystem. And so coaching is what you do. And we have to make that mind shift to I'm running a business as well. So the two of them work hand in hand. Um, And I think that that is a really important shift that, that coaches need to make. And when we think about just in general, good business sense, it being so much more expensive to move a prospect to a client, 10 times more expensive to move a prospect to a client than to keep an existing client. So, so with that, we might very well begin to think about, well, what are we, what are we offering to keep the, to keep clients happy, to help them succeed because it's not for anybody who's thinking, well, what if the client's ready to go? Well, if the client's ready to go, the client's ready to go. Sue and I are saying, what are you offering to help extend their growth, to help extend their ability to meet goals? And what kinds of products are you potentially offering? So we're doing this series towards the end of the year to help set you up for success, to give you time to think about what do I want to offer my clients? What is it that I'm, what could I potentially expand into so that as I roll into the new year, I have a series of offerings for my clients. I have different things that create the kind of experience that makes my lifestyle what I want and 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 therefore really also creates the kind of thing that I want my clients to have as well. So with that, as we grow our clients, as we think about what we can do 
through this next several months and move into a year of profitability and expansion. Sue, what are some of the things that the coaches you work with offer to create a plethora of experience for their clients? Great question, because think touch points. Think of um, creating different touch points for your clients to experience a different aspect of you. So most coaches, what they do is they offer like one-on-one coaching or a three-month package or maybe a six-month package or group coaching. And that's where the experience ends. But now think what we've just said, that you've got the client, you've spent a lot of time and energy getting to know this client, working with this client, servicing this client, you've built up a relationship with them. So here are some of the things that you can do in no particular order. Remember I said in our last episode that most coaches I know have got so much wisdom, so much knowledge, it's like it oozes out of their pores. You talk to most coaches and if you ask somebody, what would you write about? They immediately know they've got a host of topics that they could write about, talk about, teach about, you know, have group coaching about. They've just got all of this wisdom. So what I would say to you is sit down and really think about what wisdom do you have and don't be humble, be real. This is not about hiding your skill set. It's about owning your skill set. What is it that I'm really good at? And we spoke last week about the hero's journey. What is it I'm really good at? And what is it that I, I know that I can add value in? The second thing I would say is, so what is your medium? Are you really good on camera? And you're really good, you know, speaking on video and speaking on camera. If you're really good on camera, What about doing things like webinars, like doing summits, like doing um, online courses? What about doing things where you are having uh, workshops where you're working with people because you're, you're good at creating this space on camera? If that is a strength of yours and speaking is a strength of yours, how can you use that? Online courses is a brilliant way of doing it. And I'm going to come back to that point just now. Workshops is a brilliant way of doing it. Having a webinar, having a seminar, doing a summit, doing a podcast. How can you give your client an added touch point to you? If camera work is not your thing, and you know, this is again, this is not about, oh, I suck on camera and I can't possibly do this. It's about owning your skill set. Maybe you are better when it comes to writing. And maybe you're really, really good at writing. So what about writing an ebook or writing a workbook or writing a guide that you can put out and you can put a price to it that now you can put up on your website or you can market or you can put out there where people can buy you and it becomes an evergreen product. And what people are doing is they're buying what it is you're writing. So think workbooks, think think ebooks, think PDF guides, think anything where you are writing about something. And here's the reason being is that people consume information differently. Some people are all they want to do is they want to go on webinars. Some people just don't want to go on webinars. They want to read. They want to read about it. You know, don't don't put me in front of a group. 
I'm going to do it by myself. You will attract your audience that is comfortable with your way of working. So don't try and be something that you're not. Work to your strengths. So again, here the the the, the ebooks is a very good way because what you're doing is you're actually showcasing your talents. And that might actually be the end to people building no like and trust value with you. So it might be that that is the way that they entree into work with you by first starting with your online product. The other thing that I want to add, you know, looking through that lens that Sue has has started to build for us is maybe you're sitting here saying, but I really love one-on-one work with people. So maybe you build in some VIP days where you offer a client, you know, our six-month engagement is ending in, let's apply a little bit of what you're doing. And in a month, would you like to do a VIP day with me and and spend a full day sort of focused on your goals, focused on what's happening? Maybe you build retreats in because you love that togetherness. And, and yet that is a new experience. Okay, go from working with me one-on-one to let's do a retreat to an exotic location. I've got a couple episodes about how to do retreats with your clients. So all of these things are, how are you creatively thinking about what else can I offer to my clients that enhances the value, helps their continual growth and development, and keeps them in my system? That's exactly it. And what you've just said about retreats, imagine you've just finished coaching engagements over the last couple of months around similar topics. Again, the power of niching around similar topics. And you know that you've got 10 people or 15 people who just finished their coaching engagements with you. So you have a special weekend or you have a very focused on-site day that you bring these people together and you have a very focused agenda. So now they're experiencing you in a different way and you're connecting with them a different way. VIP days are brilliant. They really are. Whether you do them in person or whether you do them virtually, because what the client feels after every VIP day When you speak to the client, they feel so nurtured. Why? Because you spent the entire day with them, whether it's a day or a morning, however you structure it. VIP days are brilliant. If your audience is is different and you've got a different skill set, what assessment tools can you take them through? You know, especially if you're in the realm of executive coaching, um, what kind of assessment tools can you take them through? And what kind of feedbacks can you can you give them? And you build those in. So it's it really is about saying, what is my particular strength? Do I speak better? Do I talk better? Do I present better? Am I great at thinking on my feet? Am I better one-on-one? And don't knock the one-on-one because there's a lot of power that comes from that one-on-one. Um, oh, certainly. And what and and Here's the other thing. Ask your clients, what would you like, where would you like us to grow from here? So there, there are just so many things of what you can do. I said to you, let's I would come back to online courses. So we spoke about the olden days last time. So 
the olden days, everything was, you know, in person and, you know, scones and tea at, at, at break and, you know, having to cater and all of those things and venues. And there was a, a great romance around all of that. And then we had this whole virtual scramble where we had to go online and everybody went online. Everybody, everybody was like, they were courses on how to do handstands for heaven's sakes and how to make banana bread. And, you know, we were all doing everything self-study. So there are a number of things that we need to understand about courses is that the full self-study course is waning in popularity. And last week we ended up on this word. We talked about hybrid. So if we're going to be doing any kind of online course, the buzzword for the next year is it has to be hybrid. And what that means is that it has elements where they go online and maybe they watch a couple of videos online, they can download their books or their workbooks online, they can self-pace certain parts of the course, but that there are experiences that they can connect with you personally. And whether that's through live group work, whether that is through one-on-one follow-ups, whether that is, you know, we're going to pace that we have check-ins throughout the course, there has to be this personal interaction because studies are showing, and this this is where it becomes quite frightening, is that if it's a pure online course, less than 30%, and sometimes even less than 20% will actually get more than halfway through. And the reason being is because we're all busy. You know, we right. we, we intend to, and I'm going to do it and this weekend. Oh, I'm tired. Tomorrow, I promise myself. But, you know, if we fail at diets, we know we're going to fail at, like, <laughs> committing to um, doing our online study. And they found that unless there's a really big reward at the end of it, people were probably not going to finish their self-study course. And reward being certification, or you get this uh, certificate or, you know, these letters after your name at the end of it. But they found that the more engagement that you put in there, the more hybrid you make it, now the more your completion numbers go up. And uh, and so you might be in a place, I don't mean to step on you, but you might be in a place of, and, and I doubt that any of you are thinking this, but if any of you are like, well, but they already bought it. So what do I care if they go through the whole thing or not? Well, because you want the results that your course brings. And the way that we get raving fans is the way that we get people through whatever it is that we're offering. So if only 20% of your people are making it through your course, you're not really getting the results that you want. And it comes down again, I think, to value is coaches are a crazy breed of people where they really hook into, but how is this benefiting the client? I found that other industries, well, they bought the course, they bought the course, they spent the money, you know, who cares? I got the money, that's fine. Coaches don't think that way. Coaches tend to go, well, why aren't they engaging with the course? What is it that they're not getting out of it? And generally, what we need to do is realize that it's not, it's not what you're putting out there. 
it is life is busy and crazy for all of us to give your clients routine and ritual that they can hook into that's going to get them over the finish line. Because that's what we do as coaches is we get our clients over the finish line. And there's a, as Meg says, there's another reason is because at the end of that, it boosts your credibility. It boosts your visibility, but now you want to be able to go to that client and say, got another really stunning journey for you and take them through another process. Now, when we talk courses, it doesn't have to be like a a, a year's program. It doesn't have to be a long. I want you to think that what if you did a challenge? Join me on a seven-day challenge and we're going to craft our career goals. I'm just talking off the top of my head. Or, you know, you have a seven-day challenge or a weekend challenge that is very applicable to um, your, your audience. One of the things that I do in my coaching practice, because as you know, I, I have the coaching practice on the side. One of the things I do at the end of every year, it's a four-day challenge. And what we're going to do is we're going to declutter. We're going to declutter our offices because we all work from home. We're going to declutter space because we're all carrying debris from the year and chaos from the year. We're going to declutter our fridges, you know, because we're just going to declutter our kitchen and our fridges. And it's a declutter weekend. It sells out every year. It is one of my perennial bestsellers. It's a four-day weekend that I put together five years ago, and it's the same information that goes out. That is four days. Mm-hmm. You don't. You, it doesn't have to be a massive course. If you're going to do anything that is over three or four weeks, make sure it's got a hybrid component to it. Um, because there's that accountability factor too. So if I know that we're going to have a live call to go over week one's content, then I want to show up to that knowing what we're talking about. It's part of what I've paid for. And I, I want to be able to, to participate in that. So that part of coaching is that accountability factor as well. It's, and that hybrid is is so important. And then there's that connection piece again to that. And I think so. And, and, and then once you've got a few of these, for those of you who have got bigger databases and bigger audiences, now you start thinking membership. Now you start thinking subscription services. Now you start thinking of all the resources that you've got that you can give to an exclusive membership. You don't start off your journey with membership. Membership is something that we evolve to once our our audience have had a good experience with us and they trust us and they've now become part of our forever fans that whatever it is we put out, they just want to read and they want to listen to. Right. So membership sites is a great way of keeping your client re-engaging and building up now a community. Everything else that we've spoken about is about getting you into a space where you become an authority and you remain that authority with your client. But when you start getting into things like your membership sites, 
now you can start adding in your retreats and now you can, you know, special events and, you know, special resources just for this. And now you, you've really got them in your ecosystem. So it's not just the one-on-one coaching. It's not just the three-month or the six-month coaching contract and then it's finished. There is such a smorgasbord of services that we can offer to our clients that keeps them re-engaging. It is, and, and on this one, I do want to say it's not about flogging anything and getting the bucks. It's about how am I providing value in a way that my audience needs to absorb it. So good. So to your point, I had weekly star coach shows for four years before I ever opened my membership site. And, and it was giving that value being, and then listening to what did my audience need? What was the next level for my audience? And so the next level was, well, let's engage with some of the guests that are on the show. Can I actually talk with them and ask them questions? Can yes, that's what we do in the membership site. Meg, I need to ask you questions directly because I'm spinning and I know, like, and trust you. Okay, then be a member and and you'll get access to me. You know, we need to, we feel isolated. We feel overwhelmed trying to do this all by ourselves. We need a coaching community. Well, then that's what the community is all about. In addition to that's how it all evolves. And it's, yeah. And it's so amazing. And and the community has such a sense of connection. And it, it's one of my favorite places to be because they're all like-minded, heart-centered, and, and are taking their coaching to the next level through the community. But to your point, it wasn't something, I didn't start the show and start the membership at the same time. It was, building that connection with my community and then saying, I'd love to invite you into a deeper experience, join membership so that you can have that experience with us. It's it's such an important thing. We've got a client who did something similar and, and what she did was she offered a coaching coffee morning every week for something like six years before it evolved into what what it is that she's providing now. And because what you're doing is you're establishing your authority, your trust factor, your credibility, that you know what you're talking about, your expertise. And the beautiful thing then is once you've actually taken your audience into that membership area, collaborations, connections, all of these kind of things start to spring up like mushrooms, you know, that coaches then realize they're not in it they're not alone they are in an ecosystem and if they don't have it maybe Sally knows or this one knows and they can start to have JVs and collaborations in the true sense of the word and they are they're connecting to build coaching hours they're connecting to build partnerships they're connecting so it is it is this process and the other thing that i want all of you to think about is we think about the business of the business is that when you offer things at different price points, you're inviting people into your ecosystem at at different levels as well. So if I meet Joan tomorrow and I invite her into my year-long program that is a substantial investment, 
yes, she's going to get the value from it. But who am I to her? Now, if in fact she has followed my show for years, she's joined the community, she's part of the community, She and she wants to get that next level, that next level, that next level. I've got different levels all the way up to engage with my audience where they're at at that time and to maybe challenge them to, to move to the next level um, because I believe that it's what you know, what's going to help them meet their goals. So you want to be able to offer things at different levels and invite people into your world at different levels. That's golden because they come in not knowing you. So you give them resources and you give them content that makes them go, oh, maybe this is worthwhile of my attention. And then I want to have a conversation with this person, but I'm not ready to drop that much money on her. So let me let me taste this first. Okay, then let me go to the next level and the next level. You know, there are a few clients who will come straight to you and they will drop the money. That's great. But there are also clients who will turn around and say, I want to taste you at the $50 or the $100 mark before I'm going to drop $10,000 on you, which actually is as it should be because it tells you they're doing their due diligence and they're doing their discernment as well. Um, right. So the, the, the word to remember is touch points. Now, depending on the niche that you're in, it can take up to 11 touch points before a client or a prospective client actually knows who you are until you actually penetrate into their brain. Oh, I've seen her here. Oh, yeah, I've seen her here. Oh, yeah, she was on Facebook or on LinkedIn or whatever. We've got to think of how are they going to engage with my name? So there's a few points that I kind of think that if we've got time. Yes, let's, uh, let's dive into that. So last week we spoke about identifying the target audience and how important it is. So today I'm going to say, take it one step further. And what is your unique selling proposition? It's called a USP. What is it that makes you unique at what you do? Because here's the reality. We know as coaches, there are hundreds of coaches, maybe thousands of coaches who do what you do. How are you going to stand out? Which is why I say talk to your strengths. Don't try to do what everybody else is doing. Talk to your strengths. What is what is your unique factor about what it is that you want to put out there and you know and how you're putting that out. So again coming back to the importance of that of that target audience. Now we're talking about what is it that I do and what is my USP. It is really important that we don't just take a splatter gun, throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. As we're coming up for the end of the year is to sit back and say, okay, how would I like to plan my journey as I go through this next year? And to plan and to have a goal in mind. Where do I want to be next year this time? Who do I want to be speaking with? Who do I want to be working with? What is the kind of work that I want to do? I'm doing this at the moment. Where do I want to take it? Where do I want to grow my audience to? Where do I want to take them? What do I want to be doing? How much money do I want to be earning? You know, having these 
important conversations with ourselves, to be in a space where we ask ourselves, so what is it that I'm really good at and where do I know I hold myself back? Because like anything, if we can get it out of here and we can get it into our awareness, now we can start working with it. Where is it that I know I hold myself back? And a lot of coaches will turn around and say, I hate having that sales conversation. I hate actually asking for the deal. I feel like a used car salesman. I feel sleazy. So we have to craft that sales conversation. People cannot buy if you don't give them something to buy. So And confused minds don't buy. Yeah. And if they don't know that it's there, you know, it's it's a, a bit like looking for a, a black cat in a dark room. You know, you're never going to find it. It's that kind of thing. And so we need to craft that sales conversation. And I'm sure you've heard it a hundred times before, but have that pitch ready so that when somebody says, so what do you do? It's not fumbling, oh, I'm a coach, that you've got a very clear, this is what I do. This is how I do it. This is who I do it for. And you can go straight into conversations, you know, open-ended conversations at the end of it so that you end up in a dialogue with the person. Sales doesn't have to be sleazy. And I know we we kind of like all we all pull away from the hard sell, you know, buy me, buy me, buy me now. And are you stupid? You haven't bought me yet. And one of the worst campaigns I ever received was a guy sent me unsolicited some content. And I can't even remember what the content was about, but he sent it to me unsolicited. And the week later, he sent me another one. And the third week was a call to action, which was buy me. And then there was, you haven't bought me yet. I don't understand why you haven't bought me. And then there is, are you stupid? You're not buying me. Um, and then there is, are you a thief? You're just taking my content. And that that was just, we don't do that. No, <laughs> so we don't we just do that. Don't, we do that. And sales is not that. That is, you know, uh, that's going to get you blocked. <laughs> there is such a thing that I like to call the heart-based sell, which is what I think most coaches respond to, which is not you're missing out if you don't take this and you're stupid because you haven't bought me and what's wrong with you. It is more around what you need and what you're looking for and how I can serve you as opposed to why aren't you buying me. And that difference, how I can serve you, takes you out of the sales conversation and it takes you into the giving value conversation, which is right where coaches excel. And so we craft that. It doesn't come naturally. We craft it so that you feel comfortable in actually saying, are you ready to talk about going further? Are you ready to make a commitment? without you feeling like you're pushing it on the client. Because here's the reality, as you say, if I don't ask and you don't know that it's on offer, there's nothing to buy. And then you see that person buy from a competitor who was very clear 
And they didn't maybe even have the no like trust with that person that they have with you, but they didn't know what you were offering. So clarity and being able to speak your offer unapologetically, not sleazily, but just this is the need. This is how I meet the need and let people know, do not cover it up with a bushel basket. People need to know what you have to offer. And to be very clear of there is a value in what we're offering. We're offering powerful, transformational, transactional, transitional, whatever it is, but we're offering- Life-changing things, yes. And you know that when you undersell yourself, you don't bring your best self to the coaching engagement. So it is in your best interest and it's in your client's best interest to sell yourself at the value that you feel comfortable with because it's then you know you're going to show up to your very best level. So it really is about having that that crafting that that sales conversation so that you know what you offer and you know when to offer it. But to really be in that space where you're very clear and I keep coming back to the niche why is it important your branding and your positioning falls off that? Your USP falls off that. All your marketing material is going to fall off that. Uh, the offers that you're going to put together, the goals that you're going to craft for your clients to reach falls off that. Everything falls from that point so that then you're in a space where you put it in front of the client and it's easy for them to make that decision. So good. And so we are going to dive into how to get out of our head, quit spinning around this chatter that happens that gets in our way when we're trying to sell ourselves or or sell our, because really what we're selling is the transformation. And I think what we end up getting wrapped around is that I'm selling myself. What we're really selling is an opportunity for our clients. And so we've looked at the why in our in last weeks. Today, we talked about the what. What is it that we really need to think about? What do we maybe need to think about differently? And this next time, we're going to zero in on the how. We're going to zero in on both the how to shift mindset as well as how? How do we do this? Give me a tool or give me like an understanding of you keep telling me to do these things and I'm not sure how to do them. And Sue and I know how important it is for you to both have the mindset, the mind shift change as well as understanding the how. And so we invite you into our next discussion about that. So as we wrap up this conversation, anything that we've left on the table? Okay, CPR. Um, My last words on this topic. Remember your CPR. Okay, so I want you to really sit down and think about how can you connect with the target audience that you have decided you're going to go for, what it is that you can connect with them. Can you connect with them over social media? Can you connect over email? So we we want to look at what it is we need to do to take the conversation to them. The second thing that you want to focus on is what products do we have? I know I do this, you know, coaching contract or I do a coaching um, one-on-one. What 
other what products do I have in my stable and what products would I like to have? Maybe I'd like to have an ebook. Maybe I'd like to have an online course or a retreat. What are the products that I'd like to have? And the R stands for resources. What resources can do I have right now or that I could create easily, whether it's a video, whether it's a webinar, whether it's a PDF, whether it's like a, a short little, you know, ebook, whatever it is, but what kind of resources could I create almost effortlessly with a little bit of thinking and a little bit of time that I could maybe tie into a product and it can become part of a product or it could become a product on its own. So as we're coming up for the end of the year and we're thinking about what it is we're going to do next year, what is my CPR? How am I going to connect? What is the conversation I want to have? What is it I going to communicate to them? What are the products that I'd like to actually put on the table for this year coming? And what is the resources that I already have or that I can create effortlessly that can help me move that down the line? So good. I cannot wait to have our next discussion as we really dive into how to get out of our head and what are the tools available to help us move forward so that this next year is not just an okay year. This next year is a, this is exactly what I've been working toward. This was what my vision was. You can make this happen and we want to help you make it happen. So join us for our next discussion. Thanks so much, Sue. It's been a blast. Thank you so much. Um, As you said, I could talk about this until the cows come home. So thank you for allowing me to do so. Thanks for having the discussion with me. So there you have it. We have given you so much information to think about. What are the problems I need to avoid? And what are the things I need to create? And how do I need to be thinking differently to make those things happen? And I am so hopeful that you are just chomping at the bit, ready to go for the how. Meg, I understand the why now. I watched part one. I get the what. I watched part two. And now I am eager to understand how do I do this? How do I make it happen? And is it doable or is it going to like knock me into swirls and, and make me so frustrated that I can't do it? No, this is doable. And we are going to show you the how in our live webinar on Friday, September 29th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. That's 1 p.m. New York time on September 29th. I'd love for you to opt into that webinar with us. It's free. We just need to know that you're coming. So it's a bit like an RSVP. Opt into the webinar at the link next to this video and be ready to explore how do I do this? What are the tools that I need to make this happen? Because I understand the why. I understand the what, but I'm not exactly sure how to do it. We are going to help you know how to do it. So join our webinar, and I look forward to helping you thrive 
and become a wildly successful coach. Until then, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. <music>